crying when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No. Different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and I am ready to go because my guest today is Troy Ruptash, actor, director, writer, and he is the answer to a very cool trivia question because on Mad Men, Troy Ruptash plays the real Don Draper. He also plays Mark Maron's brother on the TV show Maron, so we need to talk about these things, but that's not all. Troy Ruptash has a movie in the festival circuit called They Who Surround Us, and it is powerful. And our breakfast today is an old-fashioned home kitchen throwdown, so get your old-fashioned whiskey sours and gimlets ready because we've got Troy Ruptash in the studio today on Breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. I could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Breakfast. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Breakfast. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All yeah. my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hey. Troy Ruptash, <laughs> welcome to Breakfast. I'm very Thank excited you. today. Yeah. Thank uh, you. And I like that you uh, mentioned whiskey. I wish I had an old-fashioned going, but I'll, I'll wish, wait a while. <laughs> I wish I did, too. I'm in the studio, so I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> uh, you grew up in Canada. Yes, I did. Uh, where did you grow up specifically? I grew up in a small little town uh, 60 miles east of Edmonton called Vegreville, Alberta. Oh, okay. So we're going to talk about that later, but that's where you you shot They Who yeah. Surround Us in Vegreville. Wow. Yep. Okay. I want to get into that a little bit later, but that's very interesting. So you literally went back to your hometown yes. and shot a movie. Oh, man. Okay. Very cool. Uh, well, let's start off. Let's just get the Mad Men stuff going first because, you know, that, people will, will yell at me and be like, come on, get to the Mad Men stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an interesting tie-in with this. So you played the real Don Draper, and if people d- didn't watch Mad Men, there's, you know, I think everyone knows that John Hamm plays Don Draper on Mad Men, but then it turns out later he's not really, he wasn't really Don Draper. He was kind of, he took this guy's identity, I guess, yeah, is what mine. we said. Yeah, yours, <laughs> yours. Although, I got to say, you weren't using it anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what was that experience like working on Mad Men and, and John Hamm? That sounds like fun. Ah. Uh. You know, it was incredible. I know it sounds like such a cliche to say, but it truly was. I mean, he is not only an incredible actor, he's an incredible person, just great human being. And, uh, you know, I really, I actually didn't even know I was the real Don Draper because until we got there and I started shooting. But, you know, when I was auditioning, it was all very hush-hush. I had no idea, you know, who this character was. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's interesting. So just a little tie-in, when I moved to L.A. in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes when you're starting out in L.A., you'll do some, like, student films or you do some, uh, like, indie films that are shorts for different up-and-coming directors. And I did one 
that ended up where my co-star in the movie was the real Don Draper's wife on Mad Men later no, on. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. I love Melinda, it. Melinda Hamilton. So, uh, like, that. you know, 10 years later, I'm like, hey, I know her. <laughs> I sold her a baby out of a car. So, uh <laughs> Well, that's cool. I heard that uh, John Hamm like actually broke his wrist or something during that scene. Yes. How did you hear that? Did I maybe because I, I might have shared that at some point? But yeah, I couldn't believe it because I didn't even know he broke his wrist until I mean we were shooting a scene and uh, you know I know he something happened but he didn't make much of it and then I think I had a couple of days off and I came back to some stuff we were doing in the studio and he had like. Uh, a cast that he would take on and off between takes. And I was like, Oh my God, this, this guy broke his arm during his wrist or whatever, during one of the takes. And he didn't even say anything. He just kept going. See, that's how, you know, someone is a real pro, right? Uh, yeah. And and also, you know, I think you can agree with me. No one should be that good looking and also (laughs) do comedy and drama and be that nice. Right. I mean, he's got to have, there's got to be something we can hate about him. Right. I guess not though. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't found anything yet, but yeah, he's, he's a very cool guy. And well, I, I loved, I loved how the real Don Draper was just this, he, you know, just like, he was the only guy left in his company. Yeah, uh, and just like I, you're, you're just telling you know John Ham, I you volunteered to come to war. I mean, yeah. what, what is yeah. going on there? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah what are you thinking there? Where yeah. did you guys shoot that? Where did you shoot that scene? I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago that some of it we did. I think we did out in Valencia somewhere. I think. And then we did uh, some of it at a studio downtown. I can't even remember the name of the studio right now. Now, is that supposed to, that's supposed to be dur- during the Korean War? Uh, Korean War, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which is the same as MASH. So if yes. we're thinking about time periods. Okay, got you. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Very well, cool to be a part of that. I still I still have to get a T-shirt that says I'm the real Don Draper. I think that's a must. You know what? I, look, here's the deal. Let's talk after. Maybe I'll put one up um, on the Brentfus website. I interviewed the real Don Draper, and then we'll we'll, yes. we'll sell those, and then we'll we'll give them away to some uh, charity that we both that we both agree to. I think that would be amazing. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, you know, another uh, part that I was very interested in in talking with you about is you you got to play Josh Marin, who uh. is Mark Marin's brother uh, on the TV show Marin. And you yeah. know, as a guy who runs a podcast, I mean, Mark Marin is who I aspire to be one day, you know, uh, as far as how he engages his audience and, and just yeah. like his widespread effects. And what was that? Let me ask you this. You're yeah. playing his, his, his brother. I believe that's his real name is Josh, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did you have to, did you do any research into Josh or did you just kind of go onto your own and, and make your own interpretation of what he would be like? I didn't do any, I mean, I went with what the writers were giving me and what, um, because it was so brilliant what they were giving me. And uh, yeah, to this day, that's still one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had on set. Really? Shooting that role. Yeah, because he was so, you know, it's such an interesting character and such a cool, fun character to play. You know, I felt such freedom to be able to, you know, and he's really a funny guy. And, you know, whether I'm a funny guy or not, it didn't really matter because the writing they gave me was so fantastic. And uh, yeah, to work with Mark and... You know, that uh, that dinner scene with Judd Hirsch and, you know, is still one of my favorite <laughs> scenes that I've ever shot. It was like, oh, my yeah, God, I can I do say, this forever. Uh, was Sally Kirkland in, in your? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Sally Kirkland. I met her once and I, I, 
I almost died because she's in my favorite movie, The Sting, when she was oh, you know yeah. back in the seventies, which is such a great movie. And she's and she's just so great. Judd Hirsch also was in one of my favorite TV oh. shows of all time, Taxi. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, that uh, was so that was surreal. I mean, to be sitting at this dinner table with uh, our wackadoodle parents, played by Sally and Judd, was like just like. So much fun, so much yeah, fun, and I love the whole. I can see immediately when you, in the first scene you're in on Marin, and you guys start talking. I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, this is the guy that's like a little more corporate, and Mark's just gonna hate everything about his brother. They just don't <laughs> don't get. I was like, yeah, and, and yeah. you played it so well. I, I loved it. Uh, congratulations on those. Uh, I mean, you've done so many cool parts. And I gotta say, you're you. Sometimes it's it's hard to recognize you because you have you'll have a big beard. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> when you don't have the beard, you look much younger. You know, yeah, uh, I know. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and you kind of you know seamlessly go between uh, comedy and drama to me. Um, you know, I appreciate that, and it took that took a while to sort of break down that wall in terms of you know because when I first came out here, I had done comedy on stage and in New York, and but when I first came out here, I. I was seen as like the drama guy. And I'm sure you're aware they, you know, sometimes they kind of like to pigeonhole you here. Uh, and yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of that. <laughs> yeah. So for many years, all I did was drama and drama, 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 which is great, but it, you know, it took some time and I had a great manager at the time who was, who helped break that down and getting to do it with uh, Mark Marin was like phenomenal. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I was look. I was living vicariously through you every time you were on on Marin, and <laughs> so it's it's really cool to kind of get to know you, you know, not just as the character on the scene, but like uh, in a show, but like in real life. Um, oh, thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anything about Canada that kind of um, shaped who you are as a performer? Uh, yeah. You know, I think I don't know. You know, I think. Canada, first of all, shaped me, I think, as an artist in general. And, I, you know, I'm also a painter. And uh, I actually was a painter in a way before I was an actor. And, uh, you know, I've spoken about this with a friend of mine who's also a painter, who also grew up in the small town where I grew up in Vegreville. And I feel like I have a very interesting relationship to space. I mean, uh, you know, personal space and, like, having, you know – Growing up on the prairies, and uh, you know, uh, have you been to Alberta? Have you spent any time there? I have not, but I have to say, when I was watching They Who Surround Us, it looked a lot like where I grew up in Nebraska because I lived uh, on a dairy farm. So, oh, you did? Um, yeah, I did. So I was really having a lot of nostalgia watching this. I was like, wow, this could have been shot in my hometown, also, <laughs> except for that church. That church, wow, amazing, right? And yeah, that church. Uh, my mom was baptized in that church, and she's in some of the church scenes there in in the congregation. So yeah, that was pretty incredible. That's amazing. But wait, I don't uh, think I answered your question, did I? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of all over the place. But, we, uh, well, no, we uh, we were talking about uh, how how yeah. how Canada kind of influenced you as an artist. Well, and I think probably, and I guess this could have happened in the States too, but I think what influenced me as an actor was definitely going to a theater conservatory um, where, you know, I wasn't focused on film or television right away. And I think what I was really focused on was craft. And uh, again, not to say that there aren't people in the States, obviously, who are, who are not focused on craft. Um, but, you know, Canada doesn't have that sort of star system really and they don't have 
you know, so that was never something that caught my interest really. And uh, so, yeah, maybe I could say by going to the conservatory that I went to in Toronto, it really focused me on craft and the first material I started working with, which was, you know, a lot of Shaw and Shakespeare. And uh, so, yeah. What was the, uh, what was the name of the conservatory you went to? Ryerson. Ryerson Theater School. That's kind of famous, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantastic school. And uh, yeah, Eric McCormick was there. He was, uh, Mm -hmm. I think, two years ahead of me or one year ahead of me. And uh, Nia Vardalis was in my class. Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay. (laughs) You know, I've run into her a couple times at, uh, I don't want to say where because then people will go there. Uh, But at a a place in North Hollywood that has has been a breakfast place on this show. So (laughs) you guys have like a one in 30 shot of go finding that place where Nia Vardalos eats. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I actually, you know, I actually shot an episode of a show with her, with her ex, uh, Ian Gomez, who's also a a fabulous actor. But yeah, well. Nia Vardolos, uh, wow, what a star. That's cool. Uh, that's great actors that all come from that one school. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, big differences between Toronto and like the, the uh, somewhere in Alberta, like Calgary or something like that? I don't know that yeah, much about Canada. I would say, you know, uh, in Alberta, it's definitely more of that West Coast feel or at least Western Prairie feel. And then I guess when you go a little further west, like Vancouver, it has more of that California vibe. Whereas I'd say Toronto is a little more East, like New York City feeling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Big city feel. You know, it's I love Toronto. I love Toronto. It's a fantastic city. I'm glad I went to the conservatory there. Have you... I know you, you you're in LA right now. Have you yep. shot a lot of stuff in Canada, like Vancouver, any place like yes. that? Yes, I actually have shot a little bit in Toronto. I mean, after I left uh, Ryerson, I moved to New York, uh, and then I didn't work in Canada for quite some time. But then, you know, I started working in Canada again. I worked in Toronto a little bit, and then quite a bit in Vancouver. You know, because there's uh, uh, a lot that happens there. Okay, I actually got my uh, can I say ass. Oh, I just said yeah, it. My ass kicked. It. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> By uh, uh, Jessica Alba. I was listening to one of your podcasts with Brian, I believe. About, uh, oh, yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? where did you get your ass kicked by Jessica Alba? On Dark Angel. On Dark Angel? Oh, I'm, my God. I'm really aging myself and really, yeah. But that was a long time ago. But that was yeah. fun. <laughs> well, maybe you're aging yourself, but so what? Uh, now we know you're on a James Cameron show. I mean, that's pretty yeah. – right? was he Dark and, Angel? Yeah. Yeah, and got my ass kicked by Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> Look, many guys would like to get their ass kicked by Jessica Alba. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> I want to talk about They Who Surround Us. Yeah, uh, me too. I, you, you, uh, you know, it's still in the festival circuit, so it's not for you know, wide release. So you, I was lucky enough to, lucky enough to get uh, – you allowed me to, to uh, watch it mm-hmm. and – Oof, I gotta say, uh, you you never know what you're gonna see when 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 you have friends who have a movie in a festival. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little. <laughs> I know, right? It's whatever. Honestly, and this is no BS. Mm. It's fabulous, man. I Thank I you. loved it. It it's and and we can talk about you know generally what it's about if if you want to. Sure. But it it affected me on a visceral level. Uh-huh. It was it was touching. It was poignant. It was. Uh, frightening mm-hmm. it, it it was it gave me all these emotions and what i liked about i guess my favorite thing about the movie is that it really takes its time and uh. nothing is rushed and everything feels natural i feel like i'm just living 
in these people's lives, and not, I'm not being forced to like cut cut back and forth. Like, oh, now we're doing this and this and this. And oh uh, man, I can't tell you how so, how happy it makes me to hear that because, and I had to kind of fight for that too in terms yeah. of, you know, luckily I had an amazing team around me and producers and investors who really believed in my vision. But I think they got a little freaked out at a certain point because not everyone is used to seeing that type of movie. But, you know, I know by the people I'm really influenced by that I knew the story I wanted to tell and how I wanted to tell it. And so to hear that from you, and I heard that a lot, a lot at the Edmonton festival, which is where we had our world premiere, you know, that, yeah. And it surprised me, some of the people I heard that from, because I thought, you know, I don't know if they're going to feel this way. And, uh, you know, oh, across the board, people were like, wow, they really, I think audiences want to be taken seriously. And what, what I mean by that is they want to, you know, they want to have time to make their own sort of uh, judgment about something and have time to like, they don't want to just be, have stuff thrown at them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyways, well, well, <laughs> look, do you, do you want to, uh, can you describe the movie a little bit to people? Yeah. Basically what I wanted to do, I mean, sort of thematically, I wanted to really look at uh, a couple of things. I wanted to look at uh, trauma and PTSD and to sort of expand on that intergenerational trauma, and especially I became interested in epigenetic inheritance. And uh, so trauma and was big. And then also grief, you know, I think, and I realized more, uh, you know, throughout the process, I really began to understand that the idea of losing someone that you really love and, is such a difficult thing for me to wrap my brain around sometimes. And uh, I wanted to explore that, you know, and I wanted to convey that to an audience in a way that would be universal, hopefully, and uh, would give people the opportunity to experience that in a way that was, um, I don't know if I want to say comfortable, but, you know, uh, give them an opportunity to empathize with someone who is going through something very difficult. Yeah. Um, when I was watching last night, and at the time I didn't know it was going to be the last shot of the movie, but when I saw the last shot of the movie, mm-hmm. I I had to watch it like five times. Uh, you know, I love that. And 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 you probably can't tell me here. We didn't say this either. You are the star of the movie. You directed the movie. You wrote the movie. I also uh, am one of the producers. And yeah, yeah, so many different hats on this thing. Yeah. But and it may be a thing where I, if I ask you later, you'll say like, "What does it mean to you?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "No." <laughs> but uh, but but I'll ask you off uh, off the air. <laughs> and I'll see but um, I can't wait for people to see this. I think it's going to be um, for people that like this type of movie and people that really like to think and feel emotions and and be immersed in something. I think it's going to be, it's going to do very well. Um, Kamal Durkawai is that how you say his last? How do you say his last name? You know, it's funny. I don't know exactly because I just texted him not long ago and I didn't hear back. I was like, wait, send me a voice memo to make sure I'm saying your last name correctly because I've always said Durkawai. Uh, Derek Howie. That's, that's, yeah. That sounds about right. Derek Howie. Yeah. Uh, 
He's fabulous, he, man. Oh my God. Is the cinematographer of the movie. He really understood my visual storytelling and then he took it and enhanced it. And, you know, he was incredible because, you know, I, in, in the production office, when I set up my office in the production office in Vegreville, I, you know, I didn't do traditional storyboards. I didn't, uh, but what I did, I, you know, I had strong visual sense and I did a lot of like color palette boards and uh, character boards. And I just had like hundreds and hundreds of images that I just plastered the walls with of my office. And he was right next to me in, in the production office. And, you know, it's so fascinating now because when I see the movie, it's like, yeah, we created, he saw what I saw. And of course we spoke, but it was amazing how little we had to speak about what I wanted to convey and what he wanted to convey, you know, and there were a couple times when we didn't quite agree. And, uh, but it was an amazing, amazing experience working with him. I feel so grateful. So grateful. Yeah, I, that I mean, you guys will see when you watch the movie, it's just like it, every, every scene looks like a piece of art, you know, it's like, it's, it's very cool. Um, yeah. And he understood, you know, I, I was really inspired by, Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven, which was shot oh, in sure. Alberta as well. So, you know, he got that. And then Tarkovsky, Andre Tarkovsky is another one of my huge influences. And yeah. uh, uh, Kamal actually was, I think, one of five people who were selected to uh, train with Tarkovsky's DP. And uh, so... Just when I found that out, and I didn't know that until after he after we hired him, I was like, okay, this is pretty, this is meant to be. You know, he's the guy who is meant to shoot this movie, definitely. So I'm interested in this church that was uh, the centerpiece. It was a lot of scenes were around, in and around the church. Yeah. Is that a Catholic church? Yeah, I was kind of wondering. Yeah, it's a Ukrainian Catholic church in Plain, in Plain Lake in okay. Alberta. So it's uh, near Vegreville. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful church. Because it has that dome on top that mm -hmm. looks a little bit like Russian, like Orthodox uh, type yeah, architecture. Yeah, it is Catholic. And, you know, it's interesting because when I first started, I'm not personally, I'm not religious. I wasn't really brought up yeah. in one particular religion. But, you know, my ancestors were uh, deeply religious. And um, it's something that was definitely part of the storytelling. And at first... Um, Roman or Roman was going to be like Ukrainian Orthodox. But then I found out, oh, the Orthodox don't use the rosary. And as you know, from seeing it, the rosary kind of factors in right. in a major way. So I'm like, oh, they're Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that church. And then, you know, the fact that my mom was baptized there and the community, so many of the community members and church members were there filming and you know so it was pretty special that's cool that you have a lot of little personal you know touches in this movie and and that it's so you know the the area is personal to you there's a yeah. there's a family thing that's that, that's big, personal to big you part of it yeah um ali liebert oh. uh was fabulous Isn't and she, she did oh. i mean you and her together were just like so i mean there's just so much going on and i i love that uh alex feldman i knew from the americans because oh, i was a big really? fan of the america yeah he had a nice little run on the American. Yeah, yep, yep. pretty little important. I think it was on for like maybe five, six episodes, but it was a, it was a important little run that he had on there. Yeah, he's not only a great actor but a great guy, and really, I knew from 
yeah, I was like, I got to get this guy for Dimitri. And yeah. I, I went after him. I found him through uh, an organization, an actor's organization he's part of here. And uh, I sent him an email and we met for coffee and I gave him the script. I said, I really want you to play Dimitri. You know, I just knew from the beginning. And it took a little work just in terms of, you know, because he's not Canadian, um, but he is Ukrainian. Uh, so yeah. that helped. Okay. Well, congrats on the use around us. It's it's fabulous, and I I can't wait to see where it goes in the festivals and beyond. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone I saw it before you did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for it to be out there. Well, before we go any further, we had breakfast from the depths of our minds and the depths of our kitchen cupboards because we had an old fashioned. Breakfast at home throwdown. That's just what I'm calling it. We didn't actually call it that when we decided to make food on our own. But Troy, what did you make for your breakfast? Yeah, you know, it's it was so exciting, and I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, at first I know I said I was going to order something, and but then at the last minute I was like, you know what? No, I want to make something because I actually do love to cook when I have time to really get into it, and when I do. First of all, no one come near me because the kitchen looks like a, you know, (laughs) it's like a tornado went through there. But uh, I love doing it because I love kind of following just like it's a very creative experience for me. I love like trying something new and just in the moment thinking like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. And that's kind of how the pistachio polenta came about, which uh, was kind of sort of a mixed bag, if, I, if I'm honest with you. But yeah. uh, but I thought about it because we had just had some groceries. Uh, we had just picked up some groceries and uh, there were pistachios. And I was like, I knew I was going to make polenta. And I thought, wow, pistachios in there would be really interesting. So, and they were, but uh, so yeah. So I made uh, creamy pistachio polenta. I made a baked salmon with uh, sort of a special uh, marinade that is like a combination of, I really love soy sauce with mustard, with like a coarse grainy mustard mixed in there. Yeah. I love how that tastes. And then a little bit of honey, a little bit of honey. And that was the marinade. And then I also, what else? Oh, and I made a roasted corn, uh, cherry tomato, rosé uh salsa <laughs> wow okay <laughs> yeah very cool that sounds what about delicious you? uh well i want to talk to you about this how do, how do you make a polenta is that tough to make because i because i love no. polenta but i always think like that's it seems like it's hard to make so i just go order from somewhere you know yeah it's not really and why i love it it's sort of you know i'm ukrainian as you know from seeing the film yeah uh, that it's you know there's a ukrainian dish called nachinka which is kind of like a polenta it's basically polenta and i've always loved it and uh and especially again being ukrainian uh anything with cream i'm like i'm in yeah uh i (laughs) I grew up on a dairy farm like i like you know like i said so you know i'm kind of the same way (laughs) oh my god we had cream farm cream delivered to us you know in the 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 jars as kids that's the that's the stuff man yeah Yeah. but no polenta is not that difficult to make you know uh i add a little more cream or half and half to mine and just uh you know just you got to stay on top of it and make sure you're whisking it every like 10 minutes and paying attention uh but yeah i love it i love it maybe maybe i'll brave that oh yeah Uh, (laughs) all right so here's what i did You, you told me you were making then i was like oh man 
I gotta, I gotta try to throw down, but I'm not yeah. gonna try to come. I'm gonna go different, uh, completely opposite than you, because I'm not gonna try to compete with you. But I'm gonna try to give a different option. Mine's a little more rustic, I would say. Okay. Uh, so I made a like kind of a whole pepper palooza meal, right? I took some uh, rain, rainbow stuffed bell peppers, which which just means I had a red and a yellow and an orange bell pepper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stuff. I stuffed them with ground turkey. I had some salsa style diced tomatoes. I did not make the salsa style diced tomatoes. I bought them, but but I've been really liking the salsa style diced tomatoes really because it just has a little more spice in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some diced onions and I topped it with um, a little four cheese blend. Uh, I think it was cheddar, Monterey Ooh. Jack, asadero, <laughs> and uh, queso. Yeah, cheese. Yeah, so I put that on top and I baked it for like you know thirty minutes. Uh, you know, I'd say the pro tip on making your uh, stuffed peppers is don't just cut out the top and stuff it all in there. I, I cut it in half. That way you get you get more you can fit more stuff in there and it's and it's I don't know it's it's to me it's a little more delicious and you can put more cheese on top. So uh, and then also to save time when you're baking these stuffed peppers. I throw it in the microwave with some water for about three, four minutes. That softens it up a little bit. It saves you about a half hour of the baking. Um, ah, yeah, good so, tip, good tip. Uh, so, but I did say it was a pepper palooza meal. So it wasn't just those peppers. I also made a, a batch of blistered shishito peppers, which I I love just Ooh, as a snack. Yeah. Right through those, yeah. Toss those with some like pink Himalayan salt and some fresh lime juice. Oh, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, and then I was like, this is a lot of spice. So you know what? I'm going to make a little soother dessert. So I had I made a little Greek yogurt. Uh, topped with almond butter granola clusters parfait to go with. Oh, wait. Tell me more about that because that sounds pretty damn good. I, it's. I mean, it sounds fancier than it is. So you have some Greek yogurt. Uh, this, yeah. this happened to be like some honey vanilla Greek yogurt. And uh, I had I some <laughs> – and I just had some granola clusters <laughs> that were <laughs> almond butter flavors, <laughs> and I put okay. it on top. But if I say parfait, everyone's like, wow, you did something. Holy shit, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love Greek yogurt. I love Greek yogurt. Yeah, but that's that's one but one of our treats we've been trying to have lately because it's a little more healthy than you know yep. get, getting ice cream or something like that, even though we love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I gotta say both those meals sound great. I'll, I'll I'll send you my recipes if you if you want, and we'll we'll definitely have pictures of this uh, on the breakfast on the breakfast page. Uh, people people are gonna think that we are master chefs. Yeah. Or not. Or not. I don't know. Or not. <laughs> They'll be like, who are they kidding? Yeah. <laughs> no, but mine was good. The only thing I'd say about mine, if if I'm giving it marks for a presentation, I would say the color palette, just because, you know, I'm always thinking about color palette, whether I'm painting or making a film or making a meal, uh, was a little bland. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of like limited palette painting, which is nice. But, yeah, you'll see when I send you the pics. It's a little yeah, uh, limited. <laughs> okay, very cool. I thought my color palette, you know what? Honestly, I was a little disappointed by my color palette too because I had the red and the orange and the yellow bell peppers. Yeah. But when I cooked them, the yellow and the orange were almost indistinguishable uh. co- from each other. So then I was like, well, maybe I should have made one of them a- just color wise, you know, yeah. palette wise. Maybe one it. of them should have been green, yeah. but. I find that important and, you know, contrast, uh, you know, color contrast and value and all of that. It's yeah. funny though, coming from you know Ukrainian uh, food. I remember the first time Craig, my husband, we went to. Uh, this was like years and years ago when we went to uh, visit my parents in Vegreville, and uh, you know my mom still cooks a lot of Ukrainian food. And first of all, he said, uh, "Do you guys know, do you know what a vegetable is? Do you have vegetables in this cuisine at all? And do you have anything <laughs> that's not white or yellow?" <laughs> But it's it's uh, I love my Ukrainian food. Look, I no, I I get that. I have family members that like uh, 
the only vegetables they know are mashed potatoes and cream corn, you know, so which are, are delicious. That's, that's totally legit. That's totally yeah. legit. I grew up in Nebraska. What do you want? Yeah. 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 Sounds very similar to our, our vegetables growing up. Yeah. Well, thank you for that breakfast. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, us talking about our meals and, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing the pictures it's, and, and making your meal. It sounds delicious. I got to make some yeah. polenta. Yeah. I got to make plenty of polenta. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that, make it the creamy polenta. I recommend with the with the okay. cream or half and half. And yeah. also, thank you for laughing at that really bad pun. Uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> thought through, and I regret it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Troy, this has been so great getting uh, to know you better. Um, before we get out of here, yeah, I need to get three quick recommendations from Troy Ruptash. Oh right, these are going to be real spur of the moment. Ooh, I, okay, okay, what are they? all right. Okay. Let's go. What is your guilty pleasure show or movie that you are watching? Oh, I would have to say right now, The Undoing. And the, the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, I knew it was getting ready to come out. And I thought the reviews were like terrible. And uh, but I thought I still want to watch it. And there's something about it that I have to say that I'm kind of enjoying it. And it's, you know, there's some great things about it. But uh uh, yeah, so I'd say The Undoing. I, I look forward okay. to the next episode. Interesting. You know, when you said the name Undoing, I hadn't heard of it, and I sat up because it's such a cool name, The Undoing, so maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nicole what? Kidman, she's she's very interesting to me because, uh, you know, there's something very compelling about her, and uh, but yeah, it's, you know. Oh, I saw, I saw the trailer for that show. Okay, I, I'll, I'll check it out. It's uh, def- she's, yeah, it's, it's worth checking out, I'd say. Okay. What is the hidden gem show or movie that that you love that people may not know? So the hidden gem of a movie that I've probably seen quite a few times is called God's Own Country. Mm. Uh, it's directed by Francis Lee and uh, and written by Francis Lee, and it's got Josh O'Connor. Um, it's just again, it's the type of story told in the type of way that I really respond to in terms of it's, it's what I would call a quiet movie, like, like they who surround us. I'd say it's like a quiet movie. Yeah. Deeply. Uh, it's, it allows you to really sink into the world and it's okay. uh, yeah, it's a beautiful film. Nice. What is your spirit animal show or movie? I would say, Marin or Josh Marin is definitely kind of my spirit animal because he's yeah. like he like that's kind of he's where it's at in terms of like I, <laughs> yeah I totally get it. it you seem that's that character seemed pretty natural for you so yeah <laughs> I yeah. know when you, when people see it if they haven't seen it they may, might be like oh really but uh, he's a quirky <laughs> wacky fun dude and it was you know there's something very freeing about playing him. I think that's perfect. Thank you for those recommendations. Guys, if you would like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Troy Ruptash and I enjoying our at-home throwdown meals, go to the brand new Brent Pope website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances. And finally, you demanded it, a breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks. Uh, maybe uh, I interviewed the real Don Draper shirts coming soon. Perfect for the holidays. It's right around the corner. People of Earth, I bring you this show for free, but it's not free to make the show. So help us keep this thing going by picking up something from the breakfast store. You'll be glad you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at Scoops Pope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, ask away. Make sure you follow my Facebook actor page, and if you like the show, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Share it with friends. It's very helpful. Breakfast is being enjoyed 
all over the United States and in over 30 countries, the latest North Dakota, West Virginia, and South Africa. Welcome, everybody. And trust me, my omelet hombres, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all their breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Daniel Erickson, for making me sound so good. Tori Ruptash, what's uh, next for you and where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media. I, well, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all of those. I don't even know what my whatever. You just Google me and those will come up. The website for the movie, you know, and I've got a website at TroyRuptash.com. And uh, I'm definitely still focused on uh, They Who Surround Us and submitting it to festivals. And then I've got a limited series that uh, I'm pitching and writing called Molfarka Whispering Witch, which I'm really excited about. It's another Ukrainian-Canadian story. And with that, we put another Ukrainian, Canadian, Los Angelian episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. <laughs> <I> <laughs> That's perfect. It. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs>